We'd like to thank you for listening to 88.9 KETR, listener-supported radio for Northeast Texas. I'm your notably Texan host, Matt Minky. And today it's my pleasure to introduce you to a veteran folk and Americana Texas singer-songwriter who just released his fifth album. He's not only an excellent guitar player, but his voice has an amazing ability to nail both the high and low notes. And the majority of songs on his albums are original material, and he's quite the storyteller through his songwriting. Our special guest on Notably Texan today is Wayne Willingham. Wayne, ever since I first met you and got to hear you perform a few uh, years ago at Commerce Songwriter Showcases, I've been a fan of your music and wanted to learn more about you, so I want to thank you so much for speaking with Notably Texan today. I am absolutely honored to be here, and it's good to talk to you again, Matt. It's been a little while. You've led a really interesting life that I'd kind of like to dig into a bit. Uh, you're you're based in Fort Worth, but I think you have origins up north, right? Yeah, I grew up in Motown. I, I... I I grew up in uh, in suburban Detroit, listening to Detroit rock and roll and and Motown and Canadian artists too. I've been in Texas for what thirty eight years now, I guess. Wouldn't have really thought about that being up north that you would be able to kind of uh, be exposed to to media also from Canada, and I guess that kind of gave you a pretty diverse music upbringing. I think it did. I listened to a lot of the, the Canadian. You know, we get the Canadian TV stations, and we listen to the live music coming from there especially going over to grandma and grandpa's and they'd be listening to like the, the country music there and 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 a lot of the folk people that that uh, are really a, a part of my roots and and also in, in on the cklw radio in windsor ontario and they'd play all the canadian artists that we'd get to hear that you wouldn't hear on a, on the stateside station so i was listening to gordon lightfoot and bruce coburn and people like that even joni mitchell before she really hit big in the states and there's just something about music that makes life better i believe you've been a fan all your life oh yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I cannot recall a time when I wasn't enthralled by music. You know, I was always riveted to anybody playing a guitar, and I was probably seven years old when I said, I want one. took a while, but I got one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I believe that you, uh, you currently play several instruments, but, uh, I mean, can you cite what it was specifically about the guitar that just kind of spoke to your soul as a kid? You know, I, I wish I could, but it just appealed to me. I, I, I can't give you a specific reason. I love the sound of guitars. I love how varied the sound is, but it just, every time I would see anybody playing a guitar or even uh, playing a steel guitar or, you know, and uh, to a lesser degree, you know, a banjo or bass or anything like that, but, but just your basic six string guitar absolutely just lights me up. It always has and it always will. So uh, when did you start actually learning a guitar then? Uh, well, let's see, I was probably nine years old when I started taking lessons. I was obsessed with it right from the beginning. My my family wanted me to have, be diverse and learn other things, and so I you know I did. I was involved in sports. I was a typical suburban kid. You know, I was on the ball team, and we went out skiing and going out to the lake and things like that. But I always wanted to bring a guitar along. Yeah, you were always and, thinking about being uh, back home that, playing it, right? <laughs> yeah, and and my. Well, not my first job, but my but my 
my best job when I was in high school. I got a job working in a music store, and I was a I was salesman and piano delivery guy. But I got to be around uh, like high end guitars and so on at, at the age of fifteen. That really, really, that just pushed me over the edge. Just made me more determined to play more guitar. Yeah, I can imagine. I think you've also shared your love for the guitar as a instructor, right? Yeah, I did that. I did that for a while uh, back. You've done your homework, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did, especially in my early 20s, I, I did a lot of guitar teaching. You know, from, from the age of about 17 through into my 20s, I, I did a lot of guitar teaching. And I taught some people who later, as a matter of fact, uh, I, have a, I have a friend who's in radio, and he's in, uh, he was in radio back in that, those days. He, he worked at the high school radio station in his town up in suburban Detroit, Southfield. Then later he, he he got a job as a disc jockey and he's been a disc jockey and been in radio ever since. He's in uh, Baton Rouge now. He reached out to me on Facebook. We had completely lost touch, and he was one of my better students. His name was Mike Benson, and and he told me how he had always had guitar in his life and he'd always played in bands and so on, and uh, and how much joy he'd gotten from it and how he learned a lot from me. And then he told me how he had given his son the same gift, taught him guitar, and that all of the lessons that I gave him, and I taught him a lot about music theory, and that he turned around and he gave to his son, and his son is a graduate of Berklee College of Music in Boston. Wow. And and now, I guess, works uh, somehow in film scoring in L.A., and, and that's kind of gratifying because you know, I was just looking to make $7 a half hour <laughs> I could afford more, more strings. We're speaking with Fort Worth recording artist Wayne Willingham on Notably Texan. Uh, and you've spent much of your life as a, a music performer uh, playing in you know bars and honky-tonks. But uh, as I understand it, you kind of wound up setting aside music for almost uh, 20 years or something to wear some other hats. Would you tell me about that? Well, I finally realized that I, I you know, as much as I love music, I, could, I was... I can make an okay living at it, but I didn't want to do the traveling thing or anything anymore. And I, I had gotten into programming, you know, just computer programming, and found that I really enjoyed it and had quite an affinity for it. And I, I went off in that direction, became a software designer and application developer, and then became a partner in a company we founded in, uh, well, we started in 1999. But uh, in 1996, I, I stopped playing. My last gig was two solid years every Friday and Saturday at Billy Bob's Texas in Fort Worth. But I, I just had enough, and I'd gone into the programming, and I'd done well at it. And we started the company in 99, and uh, we sold it in 2018. Wow. And I retired from that company in uh 2019. You know, you wouldn't think of uh, there being a uh, any kind of similarity between uh, music and and uh, computer programming, but uh, I don't know, maybe on some level there sort of is. There's certainly structure to both of them. <laughs> if you think of it uh, music structurally, you're working in, in you're working a routine in loops, and it's different sets of loops, a loop being a chorus, a loop being a verse, a loop being a bridge. And uh, you might have a subroutine. That might be the coda. That might be the thing that closes the song. You might have to you might have to do something to set it up. And the same way that you have to set up the environment for a program, you the introduction to a song, those two or four bars that you're doing are what set up the rest of the song. And they train the listener and they let the listener know what's going to come. So the, there's a lot of similarities. That's interesting. Yeah, you know, never... they're as much alike as they are different. So uh, so after that uh, 
change in, in lifestyle, uh, you did end up coming back around to music as a profession. I think that's really when you started to kind of uh, take writing your own material seriously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I'd, I'd written before, and I, I'd, uh, I'd backed up some, song, some good songwriters uh, and so on over the years. But uh, it wasn't anything that I took all that seriously. I just wrote a few songs here and there. But when I came back to playing, and, and I'd seen a, uh, this guy, he's a friend of mine, I saw him playing, and I saw everybody going crazy over what the guy's doing. I said, man, I could still do that. Uh, and so I broke out a guitar for the first time in 18 years, and I said, okay, I'm going to play every day I'm going to play, and I'm going to see how much I can get back. And I didn't know. <laughs> but when I got to the point where I was good enough to, I figured my own self-assessment is I could go out and play a gig right now, and I'd be okay. And you know, that was probably six months into it, and I was, I was still rough. And I said, okay, now if I went out and did a gig, what would I play? And I said, oh, my God, I'd Nothing against the song, but I refuse to play Tequila Sunrise for the five millionth time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I said, well, you know, I always kind of liked writing. I wonder if I could write a few things. And I had a few ideas for songs, so I started. And, and uh, I joined the local songwriter organization around Fort Worth and, and met other songwriters. Just, you know, you, you know how it is. You compare yourself to what others are doing. I'm listening to somebody else. You know, well, that's nice, but... I think mine's just as good, if not better. And uh, so I was encouraged. And uh, that would have been, oh, 2016, I guess. By 2017, I had my first album out. And the new album, uh, Temptation Row, that's album number five. Right. I was going to say in, the, the in, muse in really years. hit you because I think you released something like yeah. uh, four albums in as many years. Yes. <laughs> my, my engineer is going, are, are you ever going to let up? I said, I don't know. <laughs> right now I'm kind of on a hiatus. I wasn't planning on doing the Temptation Row album, at least not right away. I, I had a few ideas, but uh, I'd, I'd pretty much recorded everything that I'd, I'd written that I felt I wanted to record. I started writing a few things. On, I want to get in the studio on this right now. And, and so one thing led to another. And uh, here we are, eight songs later. I am right now, I'm sitting in my, my dining room of my new condominium because I just moved last week. Oh, wow. And I'm still stacked with boxes here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to be setting up a new music room, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to the new environment and, and really getting into it. Because I do, I do basically two things these days. Now that I'm retired, and I do the music and all that, and I play tennis. And I'm closer to my tennis center, and I can play indoors. <laughs> so I play tennis, I go take a swim, and I, and I go into the music room. And that's going to be my life for a while. I'm looking forward to it. Very nice. Wayne Willingham is our guest here on 88.9 KETR. Kind of throwing back to all the different music that you were exposed to growing up, the, the music style, if you will, that you record these days is pretty diverse. I mean, the songs on your album uh, kind of go all over the place. That's true to an extent, but for the most part, they all sort of have kind of just a, a modern folk uh, feel to them, I think. I, the song will usually lead me to where it needs to go. You know, I'm not a big blues guy. I love listening to the blues, and I love listening to a good blues guitar player. But I'm not a blues guitar player. But I, yeah, on my second album, I did a song called Yo-Yo. That's the title of it. And I did that, I did that song in a very, very heavy blues style. 
because that's what kind of song it is. The message comes across better in blues. You know, it wouldn't be a good jazz song, but I like doing something that is like borderline jazz and then coming out with something blues, a little bit of light rock in between, and then uh, something maybe with a slight classical underpinning. I like, I really like that. There's a song on, on Temptation Row called The Lady that is, is a delicate guitar-sensitive piece I, I just love the fact that it's different from everything else on that album. We certainly, uh, you know, appreciate and, and respect the diversity in music on this program. So uh, really enjoy uh, what you do on your albums. And uh, Wayne, you're, you're an amazing guitarist and your uh, your vocal range I've always been really impressed by. <laughs> Were you ever uh, musically trained or did you just pick up on these skills on your own? Uh, I, I have I have some college uh, and music theory, but I kept quitting. <laughs> I kept dropping I kept dropping because I was going on tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I had a profe- I had a professor was giving me a lecture about what is more important than your musical education. Well, we start rehearsals next week for a world tour, so I can't stay. <laughs> that uh, makes sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he got a kick out of it, and, and he just made me promise to come back and finish the course, which I did. <laughs> well, that's good. At least you did that, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I had more formal education, and other times I'm glad I don't. Your songs are kind of known to cover a, a wide range of emotions and subject matter. Would you say that you write a lot of your songs from uh, personal experiences? Yeah, that's a tough one because it's true in some ways, but not in others. A lot of times you, you have you have little instances of something that's covered in, in the song, in the story, that's a part of your own experience. But you're fictionalizing it and putting it into, you know, a completely different setting. Temptation Row, to me, is totally fiction. Right. But uh, the, the song I talked about earlier, The Lady, uh, and the whole thing is, the song The Lady is about, here are the ways, here is a list of things that you need to do to be the gentleman that this lady deserves. And every single line of that one is like from a real experience. And, and on my first album, I have a song that's, that's similar called Sense of the Moment. And, and the lady heard that song because I was in a relationship with her for quite a while. And every single line of that, she, she remembered every single line of the song as far as where I got it from. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes they're absolutely, I mean, it's a journal. Other times... It's a story. Always curious to know where these songs come from and, and whether they're just uh, made up or if the artist is, is literally recounting something from their life, you know? I've written songs where the, where the, the vocalist in the song dies. And they say, is this autobiographical? Well, am I still here? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> right. I, I know that you've uh, said before that you like to uh, paint a picture with lyrics. Uh, can you explain that? It's, it's a beautiful thing when you, can, when you can put an image into somebody's mind with the lyric. My song, Portland, you, you can see her. You can, make, you can put your own image of whoever it is I'm talking about. You can, you can make her whoever you want, but she has blue eyes and they're bright, and you can see a Texas dawn at that point, especially for a Texan. If you can do that and, and you, can, you can make it actually lend itself to the story, not just for the sake of, you don't just try to make a painting for the sake of a painting, but you try and put the images together for the sake of the story. I, I like being able to do that when, and when somebody can kind of, they can listen to the, 
song and they can have a movie going in their head. Would you tell me about this uh, music event, Senior Songs, that you're involved in? Oh, yeah. Somebody asked me to, uh, at one time, go over to a senior center and just play for an hour. I thought, what the heck? Okay. And I started thinking about, what the heck am I going to play? I basically figured the people that are going to be in the senior center are going to be 10 years older than me. But it's going to start at at, uh, probably high 70s anyway. And so I said, okay. And I put together a list of songs to play. And they loved it. We had a great time. And I realized one of the things that it is, it's everything that I was doing in in the late 70s and early 80s when I was playing nightclubs and and restaurants and, and, and so on. These were my listeners back then right i guess so huh? so so you know i and and i do a lot of what we would call oldies uh, you know like buddy holly little elvis uh and up through like roy orbison and i and i basically take it almost chronologically where i'll start from back in the late 40s with stuff i learned from my mom or do some sinatra and i bring it forward in the late 70s i was making a full-time living playing Mostly Neil Diamond, John Denver, and Kenny Rogers. <laughs> that was what was on. That was top forty radio in in those days, and so and that's where I sort of end up. I was kind of surprised to find them asking for Simon and Garfunkel and and different artists, and they asked for Bread. Remember Bread? Yeah, God, they were huge. <laughs> that's right. Well, and and as you know, I've got a pretty high voice, and I have basically the same vocal range as David Gates. And so it's kind of fun when I can I can I can rear back and I I kind of look at it and go okay here we go listen to this <laughs> and I'll hit the high note the, the same as David Gates go, okay cool <laughs> so I have I have a lot of fun with it and these people are so appreciative because you know it, you know they're living a decent life and so on but it probably gets a little boring every day at at, at the senior home. It's been so much fun. Happy to hear that you're doing that, and it uh, seems like that's a regular part of your setup these days. But, um, uh, Wayne, yep. we're, a, we're a listener-supported public radio station. We're uh, the only one of its kind serving Northeast Texas. And uh, I was wondering if you'd be willing to kind of uh, comment about uh, what public radio provides listeners or uh, kind of how it helps music performers like yourself and, and why you believe it's worth supporting. Oh, it, it, it is so worth supporting. Uh, I, I love the fact that... that uh, Stations like yours around the country support not just the local artists, but the regional artists and the, and the touring artists so that we can get our music out to more listeners outside of our own backyard. And the fact that I'm in Fort Worth and that, that up in Commerce, Texas, there, there's a station that knows me and, and knows my music and, and there are people up there, is, is, it means the world to the artists. It really does. I also like getting the public radio news and comments. I'm, I'm, I'm an avid listener of many public radio shows over the course of a given week. Love it. We're always happy to to give time to to artists like yourself and uh, people that you know, like Wayne Willingham, that you just wouldn't discover on any other radio station around here. Are you able to to kind of have a, a regular uh, schedule of performing these days, or is that something that's kind of on the back burner still? A little bit. I don't look to do that much live performance, and uh, but uh, I like I like to occasionally. I'll get out. It's like in September, I'm going to the East Coast, and I'm going to be doing a string of about ten dates in a row. 
but other than that i play i play a few I, there's a there's a coffee house bistro gig that i do in fort worth and the senior songs i do those i do two or three senior songs a month if i were to average five or six gigs a month that's enough for me yeah you know i've i've done it <laughs> right I've done it on every level for 100 years and so i i don't miss it like i might have at one point and I keep myself pretty busy, and I love the fact that I can I can go into a room by myself and I can just work on a song and create. Absolutely, and I think that people uh, can can uh, find uh, all sorts of uh, material of yours and uh, links to your previous albums and uh, some of those uh, upcoming dates that you've got. Uh, you've got a website, don't you? WayneWillingham.com. You know, it's funny. I've had that for like thirty-five years. You believe that? Wow. <laughs> uh, but I, I I I keep it fairly up to date, and of course, and from there you can also get to my. Facebook page. You can listen to every. You can listen to every single album off of there, and you can reach out to me if you have any comments. I even take criticism. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's generous of you. Yeah, not everybody wants to wants to have to deal with that. But you're you're definitely a, an open book there, and and uh, yeah, you have a really nice website with a lot of material there. So if people are just learning about you, they might want to visit uh, WayneWillingham.com. That's uh, pretty simple, but just so that uh, anybody for the benefit of radio listeners, uh, W A Y N E W I L L I N G H A M. Kind of a long name, but now you've got it all. WayneWillingham.com. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get Tom Smith. No, not me. I know. <laughs> well, and I mean, I've always loved the uh, the alliteration of your name too. Is just such a great. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's your given name. Yes. Well, it's funny because I've I've always had a love hate relationship with my name. Sometimes I think it's cool, and other times I think it's dorky. So I don't know. <laughs> I think we all have that problem. You know, I've I've got the alliteration name too, and uh, I don't know if yeah. everybody always loves their own name. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know what. Ultimately, isn't it what you do with that name? I'm uh, looking forward to uh, to what the future uh, has for you uh, musically and beyond, Wayne. Uh, thank you so much for dedicating all this time to Notably Texan today. Matt, it's been my pleasure. It's good to talk to you, my friend, and maybe we'll see each other soon. I hope so. And this interview has been a presentation of 88.9 KETR, listener-supported radio for Northeast Texas. I'm your host and producer, Matt Menke. And in the original on-air version of this interview, Wayne and I talked a lot about specific songs, and I played various examples of his music, which unfortunately we cannot share in this web version of the interview. But Wayne Willingham does have a large catalog of music available for streaming on his website, which is waynewillingham.com. And I thank you so much for listening. Check out Notably Texan weekdays from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on 88.9 KETR and KETR.org.